Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, it's time for another Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J. O-B, that just overbroke job by investing in real estate rental properties so you never, ever have to work a job again. As we're getting started today, I want to share with you something super cool that has happened, mostly because I'm pretty frugal. Some people might say, oh, that's kind of stupid or silly, or other people might say, that's really cool. But what happened recently was Walmart reached out to me, or I mean, it was just an email. It wasn't really anything that's big, um, but they reached out to me. Apparently, I buy a good amount of stuff, and I sent me an email, or they sent me an email saying, hey, we want you to try out free products and then just review it. We will send them to you for free. You won't pay any money, and I was like so excited. I was like, oh my goodness, free stuff, even though like I even bought or got. I didn't buy it because they didn't um, charge me for it, but there was like garlic pills. I'm like, I've never taken garlic pills. I don't know what I would take that for, but okay, I'll try it. Cause I know when you get on these little um, programs, the more you do, the more they want to send you. And so we've gotten some good things that were, I never would have bought myself like garlic pills, never would have bought those myself. Then I also got my dog. They got like hip pills, like to help their hips get better and stuff. I, oh, okay. I'll select that. But anyways, so long story short, being frugal as I am, we're blessed with having real estate with 30 plus properties. And I was thinking, you know what, you know, maybe some other people who have, uh, you know, money like we would, would be like, no, it's a waste of time, but I love it. And so maybe you might like that too. I have no idea how they put me on there. I just got an email. I said, go ahead and say, uh, you know, get on there, got signed up right away. And, um, I did miss one thing I was really hoping to get. Um, it was the ear candy or ear, ear ear candy or skull candy or something like that, like earphones. Um, but it was already taken. So apparently there's a lot of people on this long story short, being frugal is, is the little things that really (laughs) excite me, like getting things for free. My wife even got like those cooking pans. They could cook a Turkey and, um, for free, like three, three of those. But anyways, I want to talk to you about investing as a beginner. Now, what is super interesting is as a beginner, I started with so little money and being frugal, like I was just, just talking to you about, helped me to actually become an investor and be successful. Because if you have money, it's so much easier to buy properties and to invest. And so that's why I want to talk to you quickly about being frugal, because the more frugal you are, or the more you can cut on expenses and save on the luxury items or the, the really nice things until you have enough properties to afford it. Now, what my wife and I did when we were starting and building our business was we literally did not take any vacations. Our one vacation was driving from California, Fresno, California to Phoenix, Arizona one time a year for Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know, to see the in-laws. That was our one vacation, but we'd love to travel, but that's all we did for like, I don't know, eight to nine years because we knew we wanted to save money. That if you go on a vacation, it's going to take money out of our pocket to buy that next property. Every penny that didn't go to a property, what I felt or we felt was money wasted. Now, after 30 plus properties, after I retired, I don't have to work a job. It's fantastic to have more time, but then also I have more cash. So putting off something for the future, delayed gratification is something that's going to be so important for you 
as you're starting to invest as a beginner. Now, we take six-week trips. We'll spend $15,000 traveling all through Europe or $20,000 traveling all through Europe for six weeks at a time. And it's because we have time and we have the money now. So you can be frugal now so that you can spend in the future. Delayed gratification. Now, what we're going to be talking about is as an investor beginning, starting out, we started, I started with very, very little money. And you're probably in the exact same place where you have very little money. It is absolutely possible to do this as an investor, starting with very little money. And I want, I'm literally showing you how to do this right now. And I also want to get you started a leg up on this investing business. Text the word rental to 33777, and I will give you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777, and I will literally get you. That text literally comes to me. I should probably automate it or something, but it comes to me and I will send you my free real estate investing course. So get that right away. Now, as a beginner, you're gonna have so many questions, which are great questions. These are really, really good questions for you as an investor beginning in investing in real estate. I wanna show you and walk you through these things. There are a number of things that I want you to do or that you need to do in order to do it successfully, because here's the biggest thing. There are so many ways to actually do this business wrong, and there's a few ways to actually do it right. So let me walk you through what actually investing is. Investing is not flipping a house, buying a house, rehabbing it, putting an extra room on it, redoing the kitchen, and then selling it to somebody else. That is not investing. That is flipping a house. Because if you do not flip that next house, you will not make more money. Investing is where you make money over the long term, which I'll get into in just a second. Wholesaling is kind of like being a realtor. And I have a video on how to wholesale. If you check the description below, I have that as well. How to become a wholesaler and how to actually do wholesaling. It's a great way to make money but it's not real estate investing because if you do not flip that next deal, you will not make money. Now, what we do as real estate investors, we invest in buy and hold single family homes, multifamily homes, or apartment complexes. We invest in buy and hold rental properties so that we can make money every single month in passive income. See, now when you invest in a rental property, the property works for you. You don't work the property works for you, but then also a thought might come into your mind. Well, how do I actually manage the property? I have to do a lot of work to actually manage a property. The great thing is, no, you do not have to do a lot of work. In fact, the 30 plus properties that I currently own as rental properties, they literally do not take any of my time to manage. In fact, I work only 30 minutes a month. Yeah, you heard that right. Not a day, not a week, but 30 minutes a month. And all it is, is I get the statements from my property managers. I look at them, I make sure everything adds up, everything's good, put it away for the next month, and then I do it all over again. Everything else is ran by my business. Now here's a big pro tip I wanna give you. Before you get started investing in real estate, what you must do is build the business first. And I'll get into how to build the business first in just a second, but what I wanna tell you that is, if you just go out, and buy a house and think, you know what? I'm just gonna put a tenant in there. I'm gonna put it on Craigslist for rent and get a tenant in there and make money. What I'm gonna tell you is you will more than likely lose money. What I, and it's sad, but I love buying properties off of people who did just that. They said, here, here's a property. Let me get a tenant in there. I'll buy it and I'll invest in real estate. Not knowing how to set the business up not knowing how to do it right, not knowing how to make sure you're making money every single month, 
And I buy it off of them because they are fed up year after year. They have bad tenants, there's evictions, there's late fees, or they're not even paying the late fees. And they're having such a bad time because the tenants are not good, the property's overpriced, whatever it might be. So many ways to do it wrong. Remember, there's so many ways to do it wrong. Now, as an investor, I go to these people who have these properties, they're fed up. And what I do is I tell them, you know what, I would love to take it this problem off of your hands. Let me help you out. And so then what I do is I give them an offer. I'm not forcing them to take an offer, but I give them an offer that's going to make me in my business successful to make money. They don't have to take the offer, but I offer it to them. And I'll kid you not, so many of these people who are like mom and pop, like one person just said, let me just buy a property and hopefully it's going to work out. I kid you not, more than likely, they're gonna say, please just take it, I'm so tired, this is a headache, I can't deal with this anymore. I bought so many properties off of quote unquote investors like that because they didn't do it right. Now let's talk about building the business first. When you're getting started as a beginner, when you're looking for anywhere in the country, because you don't need to invest in your backyard. You don't need to invest in your city or even in your state. When I started investing, I started investing when I lived in California and I bought my first property in Ohio, thousands of miles away. And year after year, I just kept building my business. It branched out from Ohio into Texas, in Arizona. And so I, as an investor, buy far away from me. And it's not as bad as you might think. Some people might think, well, I really need to be next to the property. Like I can drive to the property if there's anything wrong. I have only seen one out of all the 30 plus properties that I've owned. I've only seen one of them before I bought it, and I've literally only seen two out of all of them. All the other ones, I do not even see. I do not even go, I don't care to see them. It's inventory for me, just like if I'm building a business. Imagine this, if you're building a business, a convenience store, everybody knows what a convenience store is. Now, if you're gonna be creating a convenience store, you're not gonna open up a building and have nothing in it, no cash registers or anything. You put a box of candy bars in on the floor and hope to run a business. That's not what you're gonna do. What you're gonna do if you're gonna start a convenience store, you're gonna get the gondolas, which are the shelving units that you put all the candy bars on. You're gonna get the countertops and have fountain machines, cold storage. You're gonna get countertops for the cash registers, bank accounts, employees. You're gonna do all this stuff first before you put one candy bar or one box of candy bars into the business and that is your inventory. Same thing when it comes to real estate investing. What you want to do is build the business first so that you have it run itself. You find the property managers, you find the contractors, realtors, inspectors, plumbers, roofers, electricians, you do all that, you set up your bank accounts, you get the LLC, you find out where you're going to invest, and you make sure you do everything first before you actually buy a property. And on top of that, a big thing that we do as real estate investors here at Master Passive Income, what we do is we invest in properties that make us $250 or more in passive income. Let me give you an example of how that's gonna work out. Super simple. I'm not that smart. I know addition and subtraction, a little bit of multiplication. This is all that it really comes down to. So what you do is you add up all your expenses. You know, you have your, your mortgage, taxes, insurance, you have property management fees, you have other fees that are gonna be in there, you add all those up. And more than likely, the majority of those are gonna be fixed or very, very little. They're not gonna change a lot from year to year or month to month. It's gonna be very, very stable. So what you wanna do is add up all of those expenses. And I'll show you how to do that. I have plenty of videos. Check the description on how to do this sort of stuff. Super, super simple. We add up all of our expenses 
And then we find out how much we can rent the property for. Now here's a big pro tip I'm gonna give you. Pro tip is that your property manager is gonna tell you how much you can rent the property for. Don't trust Zillow. Don't trust uh, a realtor. It's your property manager. They're the ones that are currently managing properties in the area and they know how much it should rent for. So let's say you add up all your expenses. It's $800 a month. But then you know that your property manager said you could rent it for $1,100 or $1,100 a month. Well, that difference right there is $300. That's passive income. $300 because all your expenses are paid for your income and your expenses, that difference is $300 in your pocket every single month. See, I quit my job when I was 37 years old. When I was 37, I quit my job because I had 30 plus properties and I said, I am making so much money every single month. I made over and above how much I make from my job. Even though I'm making $75,000 a year, I still am losing money working for here. I better quit so I can make more money in my, with myself investing in real estate. And you can absolutely do this. It takes one property after the other. Okay, so that's building the business. We wanna build the business. We wanna make sure we're making $250 or more in passive income. Now, let me tell you what we do not invest for. We do not invest for appreciation. That's where over time the market goes up and we do not invest for saying, we're gonna buy it here and I know it's gonna go up here, so we're gonna sell it here. We do not do that. In fact, appreciation is the cherry on the top. It's like a, it's, it's, it's a surprise at the very end when you're gonna sell it because as an investor, we buy and hold properties. If the value's here, here, or here, or wherever it's at, we make money in passive income every single month. And my four kids, I actually have four kids, all of my kids, I can literally pass down and will these properties to my children to bless them and benefit them so that they can have properties. It's generational wealth. Now let me walk you through, because appreciation's one, cash flow is another. Let me walk you through the six ways real estate investing makes you money. Be very, very quick. So the first way is cash flow. Cash flow is where, remember the expenses minus the income, that difference is cash flow. That's money goes into your pocket. Super, super simple. Another way is equity capture. Equity capture is fantastic. I love equity capture because as an investor, we never pay full price. We never pay market price. In fact, if they're asking $150,000 for the house, I'm gonna offer like $110,000. Now you might be thinking, well, that's a lot. That's, that's really, really little. I'm not forcing them to, to sell it to me. Now it would be a robbery if I actually made them sell it to me somehow, but we can't. We offer $110,000, but we do. They're asking 150, we start at 110. Then we negotiate, go up a little bit, they come down. We go up a little bit, they come down. Eventually, we might sell at like $130,000. So they came down $20,000. I captured the equity of $20,000. If the market value was 150, I got them down to 130. That's $20,000 in equity capture that I got. Next one is forced appreciation. Forced appreciation, we buy houses that need work. It's okay that they need work. In fact, the more work that we need to do on a property, the better because we make more money. If a property is gonna need $20,000 in work to fix it up, well, I'm gonna make sure I lower my offer by $20,000, if not then some, so I can make more money. So forced appreciation, let's say we put $10,000 into the property. Fixing it up, painting the walls, getting new flooring, maybe redoing the kitchen a little bit. You know, put some money into the property. 
it might appraise for $40,000 more than what I bought it. So I put in, let's say $10,000, it appraised for $40,000 more, I captured $30,000 in equity. I forced it up by $30,000. Another one, like I talked about, is market appreciation. Market appreciation just over time, it goes up. Now we'll do this and this and then this and then this, but over, let's say you own a house for 30 years, you are gonna have appreciation and you only realize the appreciation or the money that you make on the property when you sell it. So as it happens, when I started investing in 2006, remember that was before the crash of 2008, I bought properties. As I was buying properties, I realized I was buying for passive income. I wanted to make sure that I was making money every single month in passive income. And in doing that, what I'm looking at now, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, all the way to 2020, 21, and 22, 23, I make money in passive income every single month because I make sure the expenses minus the income, we have a difference of $250 or more in passive income. So even when it crashed, the value of my properties dropped by half, I still made money every single month and I didn't sell my property. So let's say I bought it for $100,000. Let's say it got crashed in half where it's now only worth 50. I still made money in passive income and I did not sell it then. Now the properties were right back above $100,000, $120,000, $130,000. They're worth more than when it crashed or when I first bought it. And I made passive income every single month. So that's with market appreciation. Now another great one, I love this one, is tax benefits. Tax benefits are fantastic. In fact, you're gonna be amazed. There is a, a it's, it's a, basically like a fake expense or it's the IRS. Here's really what it comes down to. The IRS made up an expense. It's called depreciation. I love depreciation. Let's say you buy a house for $100,000. Well, over 27.5 years, you will be able to depreciate the total $100,000 off of your income taxes. So you divide $100,000 by 27.5, and each year you take off that little bit of your income. So if you make $50,000 a year, and let's say your depreciation is $1,000, it's gonna show on your taxes that you only made $49,000. Now imagine if you had 50 properties, we do that. I mean, your income for the IRS, tax purposes wise, it drops, it's so low, it's fantastic. On top of that, you're starting a business. Another great thing about tax benefits, you have a business. You buy one property, you have a business. That business has expenses, natural expenses, because you're gonna be doing your business, those are write-offs for you. There's, uh, there's so many more things. I'm not gonna keep getting into tax benefits. There's so many more great things. The last one, I absolutely, it's almost as good as passive income. I love it. And it is the mortgage buy-down. Now, let me give you an example of this. It's super phenomenal. Let's say you buy a house for $100,000. You put an FHA loan, you get an FHA loan on the property, you buy it for $3,500, which is a 3.5% down payment. An FHA loan is a 3.5% loan. So of $100,000, you're only gonna pay 3.5% of that, which is $3,500. Now, the balance of the loan that you're getting from the FHA loan is $26,500. Now, you might be thinking, well, I gotta pay $26,500 for the property. No, you don't. Let me give you the reason why. See, all the expenses that I have, remember I, I told you, line up all those expenses. My taxes, my insurance, my property manager fees, my um, any repairs, any mortgage interest, all of that, I don't pay it. I don't pay my taxes, I don't pay my insurance, I don't pay any of that stuff. My tenants 
pay every penny of that, and I make $250 or more in passive income every single month because what happens is the income minus expenses, remember all your expenses is all those things, including your mortgage, including your taxes, add all those up, that's your passive income because your income minus your expenses, the difference is passive income. Now the mortgage buy down, going back to the $100,000 property you bought with an FHA loan, $3,500 down. You owe $96,500 plus interest you will not have to pay that. Your tenants will pay off that $96,500 and every bit of interest on top of that. It's so amazing. There are six ways that you that you make money investing in real estate. Let me go over those one more time really quickly and quickly recap. So number one, we get cash flow and passive income every single month. Number two, we get equity capture. Number three, we get forced appreciation. Number four, we get market appreciation. Number five, we get tax benefits. And number six, we get mortgage buy down where the tenant pays off your mortgage. It's phenomenal. Now, let's get back to actually doing this. So you, let's say you've already built the business. You already know where you're gonna invest, which it, look in the description. I actually walk you through how to find new areas of the, the country to invest. So check the description for new videos on how to do that. I love showing people how to find, there's so many ways to, Find new properties, new areas. You don't have to invest in your backyard. So you started the business. You know where you're going to invest. Next up, what you really need to do is have funding. Have finances. And again, in the description, I'm going to put videos in there how to do every single one of these steps. Getting funding or financing for your business is the lifeblood of your business. Without financing, you're not going to be able to buy properties. Now, here's a term that I want you to know, and I love this term. It's OPM. Other people's money is the best way to buy properties. And what I love is I love borrowing it from banks. I love borrowing it from private investors or friends and family members. I love using hard money. I've even used a credit card. Now I will say that's an advanced strategy. That's only like my students actually learn how to use credit cards if they wanna use it, which I'm not saying you should. It's an advanced strategy, very, very advanced, but I'll show you how to do that if you want to. I've even used credit cards to buy properties that made me money in passive income. I've done that as well. There's so many ways to do this business. Most people think, well, as an investor, you're a beginning investor, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get a realtor and a mortgage broker, put them together and buy a property and then try to get a tenant in there. There's so many more steps in that process that if you don't do this right, you're more than likely gonna do this wrong. So we build the business first. Then what we do is we find the area that we're going to invest and on top of that, we get funding. And so you get funding by getting a mortgage, getting private funding, using hard money, using a home equity line of credit, so many different ways. There's so many more. I'm just kind of briefly going through them. Then once you do that, then you put in an offer on a property. You already know that your property managers have signed off on this property. You know, they, they said, and this is a big tip, big pro tip. Do not buy a property unless your property manager says yes. This is a property that I will manage and that you will have decent tenants and this is how much you could rent it for. If your property will not manage a property, like if it's in a horrible area, lots of crime, they might get shot for going down there, they're not gonna manage it. Well, you're not gonna make money because nobody's gonna manage it. So your property, there's a big pro tip, your property managers must sign off on the property, say yes, I will manage this property. Now from there, what you do is you talk to the seller's realtor. You talk to the seller's realtor or you talk to your own realtor and you buy the property. You put an offer on the property. Now, big pro tip I'm going to give you. I love giving pro tips. Big pro tip I'm going to give you is you must negotiate the price. If they're asking $200,000, we don't, as investors, we don't offer $200,000. We don't offer $205,000. 
We're investors. We look for deals. We wanted to buy for maybe $175,000 so we capture that equity like I talked about. So what we do is we negotiate. We start a little low. They start high. We eventually offer a little bit. They come down. Offer a little bit and they come down. That's what we want to do. And eventually we meet somewhere where we capture equity as well as they make a little more money than from our offer. Now from there, what you want to do is after you get in the offer, a big, oh, I'm giving you so many pro tips. Huge pro tip I'm going to give you. What you must do you absolutely must put a seven-day minimum inspection period. You must absolutely do an inspection period. And the big reason why is that inspection period is going to cover you from losing money. Let's say it's a horrible property. You didn't know that until you actually got in there and did a home inspection. And this is why you do a, a seven-day inspection period. If not 14-day, the longer the better. If you can agree to have them agree to 14 days, that's fantastic. Now, what you want to do as a beginner is realize I must do a minimum of seven days as an inspection period. Then I get a home inspector in there. Let's say you have a seven-day inspection period. Home inspector comes in, they're in the crawl space underneath the house and they see termites and they see foundation issues. They see problems that you would not have seen because just walking through the house or your property manager would not have seen. Everything is negotiable in this business. So you go back to them and say, I know we already have an offer, we're already, you know, contract, we're already signed, but I have my inspection and in the inspection period I can back out and right now I'm looking that there's termites and it's going to cost $2,000 to get rid of them. I need you to do that or credit me $2,000. I love getting credited because I can probably find it for cheaper, but they might say no and you still have your contract. Just keep moving forward if you want to move forward and stomach that expense. Or they might say, yes, we'll do it. We'll take care of it or we'll split you the money. So that's a big pro tip. So you go back to the seller. After you have your home inspection, you do that. Go back to the realtor, uh, the, the seller's realtor, and so they could talk to the seller and say, let's work out a deal. So that's a huge pro tip I give you. Then once you do, after you do that, you now go and proceed through the contract. If you needed to back out of the deal, then that's inspection period, seven days or 14 days or however long it's going to be, you can literally back out and not lose your earnest money. Your earnest money is basically... When you put down an offer, you put down $1,000 and say, I'm very serious about buying this house. Here's $1,000. If I back out, you get the $1,000. And they'll say, yes, I'll take your offer. So you can back out without losing your earnest money. Let's say everything's moving forward. You're doing great. Now what you want to do is let the title company do the work. The title company, they're going to charge you some money, but they're going to give you title insurance. Title is basically whoever owns the house. If somebody owns the house that is not selling it, Somebody could actually try to sell you a house, but they're not the actual owners. The seller may come back to you and say, even though you gave them money, it's not me. I didn't get any money. It's my house. It doesn't matter what you did, how much money you gave. It's my house. I didn't get that money. Go after them. Go get their money. It's still my house. So a title company is going to do title search, which sees who actually owes on it. If there's any liens against it, I know it's big terms. Don't worry about it. You're not going to have to really worry about this stuff right now, but they're going to make sure there's going to be easy, free and clear to give you the property and have no problems. That's what title companies do. Plus, they also hold on to the money. You put, like the bank, if you're getting a mortgage, puts the money into an escrow company, into the title company. They hold the money. Then they get the deed from the seller and they hold them together. They record the deed. At the same time, they release the money. It's a third party to make sure nobody gets, you know, scammed or anything bad happens. So you get that title company to actually do it. Next up, after you close, let's say you close on a Friday and all the paperwork gets done, money gets sent to the seller, you get the keys or your property manager gets the keys. The first thing you want to do, and I, a big pro tip, what I love to do is tell my property managers, we're going to close on Friday. 
on Saturday or Sunday or Monday at the latest, get the crews in there, get them rehabbing the property, get them fixing it up so we can get a tenant in there. Now, the property manager more than likely has a cruise, so they're gonna go in there, give you a quote, you're gonna know beforehand how much to actually it's gonna cost to fix up. Then what you do is get them in there, work hard, work hard, and then get the property listed for lease. Now, here's a big pro tip I'm gonna give you. When it's getting fixed up, when you're rehabbing it, when you're cleaning it, painting it, don't let anybody walk through the property. You can list it for rent and say, hey, give me your name, and the property managers, give me your name, would say that, and then contact the possible tenant when it's ready. It's just a way to put out feelers for people to give you their names, but don't let them walk through the property until it's done, because you might get somebody like, oh man, you know, I, I know you're cleaning it, but this looks really bad. We don't want to have any bad thoughts in their brain. We want to make sure it's done before they actually walk through the property. Then what you do is you have the property manager do a background check. Oh my goodness, another pro tip. Huge pro tip I'm going to give you. Always do a background check. Have your property manager do the background check. If you're managing yourself, you must do a background check. I use the company Cozy. That's a free property management software. And it's in the description as well. Check them out. They're fantastic. I love using them. Now, what you're gonna do is do a background check to make sure that they're a good tenant. They haven't been evicted. They have a good credit score. You know, they're upstanding citizens, all that good stuff. And then if everything matches up, you get a security deposit, you get the first month's rent, and then you sign, have them sign a one-year lease. Now, that is how you start investing. There's so much more inside there, and I wanna show you how to do this. Stick with me, subscribe to this channel, and I'll see you guys next time.